0: Welcome to the ITSB Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of the Locked Down Podcast with Kayla Williams and Taylor Parsons. Cybersecurity encompasses so many facets of business risk. Wrapping your head around it can be overwhelming and stressful. Join us to learn how to tie cybersecurity strategy to overall corporate objectives and best business practices, while gaining an understanding of technical and non-technical approaches to security and privacy, regardless of tenure in the field. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: Kayla, and you're listening to the Lockdown Podcast with Kayla and Taylor, the show that helps you make sense of all things security, tying cybersecurity strategy to overall corporate objectives and best business practices for people who love all things technical and all things risk-related. Today, we're talking about the tech layoffs, its impact on security programs, how to handle a layoff of key stakeholders or even members of your own team, and how to start overcoming survivor's guilt of not being laid off. So Taylor, have you been impacted by the tech layoffs over the past year or so? I know I have twice.
2: Yeah, so I've been both directly and indirectly impacted. It's an interesting time out there for sure. I know that at the end of the day, businesses have to make business decisions and nothing ever truly seems personal. But at the same time, when you get that, that random meeting request, it's just you, your boss, and HR out of the blue. It's never a, a good feeling. I know that a lot of us have FOMO, fear of missing out, and there there's always concerns. Am I doing my job well enough? Am, am I doing the right things? Am I making the right business decisions? But unfortunately, yeah, just a couple months ago, I was unfortunately laid off. I really, even... Even with as strong of a network that I have, and as many people like you in my corner really going to bat for me and really vouching for me, it just shows that no one's untouchable. And also at the same time, it it shows how much as an industry that that we've grown to really expect those booms and and those continuous upsells and customer lifecycle management to just keep occurring and keep occurring because cash is flowing and understanding the residual impact as we move in towards what they're calling an economic depression, as the Fed continues to raise interest rates and we increase the amount of cash out out in the economy. It's really taken an impact in both business decision-making, SaaS licensing. Everyone's using free tools, right? Love a free tool. (laughs) Anything we don't have to pay for, but yeah, unfortunately, directly impacted, and yeah, you know, I, I was out out of work for a little bit over a month. Interviewed with some great companies, had some not so great interviews. Really found some interesting um, hiring practices that I think have really shifted. I, I guess I really haven't job hunted since the pandemic. I've been mm-hmm. lucky enough to walk directly into situations, but job hunting, the amount of auto rejections is it, it's really burdensome and. People that don't have strong networks, I, I, I do understand why it's taking them so long to find employment sometimes because really it's, it's about who you know and making those introductions and making those connections to get in front of the hiring manager. Because and another business unit that's just completely taxed is your uh, talent acquisition or your internal recruiters. I, I know that I just posted a role looking for an implementation manager. And I lied to you not. It posted on LinkedIn at about 11.30 Eastern last night. I woke up this morning and had 196 applicants.
1: Wow. That is crazy. That's a lot of people. For me, I haven't been personally impacted, but I have been. I've lost my stakeholders, I've lost peers. And that has had a knock-on effect to my overall strategy and the projects that I've been working on. And I think one of the things that a lot of people, especially myself, I definitely know that I, I struggle with this. is like, how do I then regroup and identify the priorities when I don't always know who's been let go, right? Who remains? what the reshuffling is going to end up looking like. Because obviously being in security, I know people are going to be let go because of like a SOC perspective and access management and things like that. But then those teams that are left have to reshuffle and they have to reprioritize. Then does security always come first? And if it does, where do I fit in with my team? Do you have anything that you've learned through your direct experience? How do you keep security top of mind when you've had a layoff of, of a team member or, or a strategic stakeholder.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's huge, right? Uh, the basic answer everyone wants to give is documentation, right? Uh, everything should be documented. We should document all of the things. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, you can't document relationships. You can't document uh, soft skills and in human interaction and those inter, interpersonal uh, relationships that you've built. In keeping security top of mind, everyone talks about the work, you're a family, right? And, and breaking that culture because it does, it, it creates like an always connected mindset. So for me, like the way that coming into this new role that I, I've really approached ensuring you know security compliance and understanding that there's potential that I could be laid off again, or that one of my my key stakeholders... It's really, for me, about open communication on what priorities are, how we're handling them, and establishing backups for each of the things that you're responsible for. Even coming in at the level that I came in at, knowing what my tasking was, the organizations that I was going to oversee, I started immediately identifying backups to who I was and what I was responsible to. So I'm not only just spreading the wealth in hopes that I can up level them or upskill them, but it gives them insight into other areas that they might not have functionally seen before. And that it's almost like security and depth or defense and yes. depth.
1: So that that's succession planning and then knowledge transfer. I heard that as well, documentation, which we all know and love in this field so, so much. And then I really think that stretch goals as well, like you just said, that last point you made of exposing people to things that they may not have traditionally been exposed to before to upskill and stretch their capabilities with their whoever's uh, intellectually cur- curious can continue to learn and grow themselves to replace you, whether you leave or you get promoted yourself and they have new responsibilities. I think that there's a big people aspect to this as well from a preparation perspective and people risk side too. You need to have succession planning. Sure, it's an HR thing and your sock too, and ISO want to make sure you do it, but this is in business practice to keep your security program agile. Yeah. Like I think we've talked before about pivoting, right? You have to do a little pivot, pivot. So a change. <laughs> uh, very timely with the pivot, with the friends. But being able to pivot and then adjust and continue without having to reset, like continuing your operations from a security perspective, I think is really important in particular around the the layoffs of your, of your own team your peers or your stakeholders one of the things that i love to do and i think we've talked about it before on here is risk registers so project risk register i always have one and that's it loss of key personnel if someone leaves a company or is, ends up sick or out on short term leave or long term leave who's your backup and if there's if there's a silo there and there's one person that's a key point of failure and they leave. It's the same thing. It's the same risk. It's just, instead of being a project and time, like time bound, it's across your entire organization. And it's an impact that way. Um,
2: yeah, d- definitely. It, and it, it's, this is great timing to have this conversation. And it's funny because as I'm still pursuing my bachelor's degree, but I was just coming out. They're making me take fundamentals of information security. I was, <laughs> And I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna take the test for this." And one of the things that it's really highlighted in the fundamentals of information security is defense in depth. So whenever we start talking about not just the people aspect, but th- there's defense in depth in technology as well. And the loss of stakeholders during rifts, not knowing who owns contracts or who owns relationships, can have impacts across your security profile that. You're not even oh, yeah. accounting for. Say you lose that one person who brought your EDR contract into your organization. Now they're they're no longer managing that, that conversation. Somebody hasn't logged in to the EDR platform. And, and now your policies start to get stale. Whereas if you, you do, if you create that resiliency with the people and with the process and the technology, the, it, you you artificially create a, a boundary in which you can safely operate as an organization and, and create still keep focus on that security centric culture of mm-hmm. keeping the people, the technology and the process safe.
1: Yeah. And I, I think you touched upon like the operationalization. Such a long word for me to say. The operationalization like that continuity of service and you can have your standard operating procedures and then you can have your all the documentation in the world and most communities of like like vendors have their own communities where you can go on self-help things but you touched upon the relationship piece and i think that's really important because you can't replace that that side right who do you pick up the phone and call if something happens sure you might have them in your vendor inventory of who to call but if they don't know who you are you're not on the top of the list anymore for getting back to them. And that can be detrimental in certain situations. So I think there's a bigger impact to the tech layoffs that have rippled through organizations than folks may have first realized. I think it's been about a year. It's November. It's like October, November, when things really started to pick up last year, and it hasn't gotten much better. It's not Every week, you're hearing about thousands and thousands of people being laid off. And if you trust the jobs reports that are being published, everybody seems to be getting hired. I I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but it's across many verticals. So I think that kind of begs the question, right? So you've got joiners, you've got movers, you've got levers, all that are impacted by a rift because people are going to move around. So does security always come first or is it the business Objective. Is it selling? Is it retention? And I, I think you and I may have similar but also differing opinions of this because we're on different sides of the aisle here. So I would love your opinion and your thoughts on that, please.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a practitioner at heart. For me, security does come first because security creates the groundwork in which we operate in. Right. I, I mean, we can talk about risk registers. We can talk about compliance. We can talk about certifications. We can talk about vendor assessments, all, all of those things. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and security is much more than just making sure that you're not downloading malware from a file in your email. Security mm-hmm. is making sure that you're empowering users to make decisions that's not going to put themselves at risk or put your organization at risk. And that includes like extending certain gratuitous efforts to people that have been laid off resume reviews done in a secure way so that they know that whenever they're posting these, Their hyperlinks are safe and they're going directly to their LinkedIn where the the data can't be obfuscated and and used in a harmful way. And, And that creates fundamental understanding of the way that they operate at home, the way that they operate in remote jobs, possibly in the future, if they were office workers or returning to office. At the end of the day, creating security centric culture, security comes first because by doing that, you naturally protect your users even during layoffs when it's hard. Because now they know how to be safe while browsing for jobs. Because we know that, yes, we know that jobs are growing and we, and we know that the trends indicate that the economy is going the right way, um, slowly but surely. But the one thing that never changes is threats exist. I actually, I was reviewing a, uh, a, a very interesting threat vertical of, of social engineering where people were impersonating CISOs of large companies. And they were doing imposter posts on job boards or on Facebook or LinkedIn. And I think those types of things have always been around, but there's an omnipresence around it just because of how many layoffs have happened recently, where these people are going through what they believe is this HR process of getting hired only to come to find out they have to buy their own equipment. And they're like, okay, but I have this job, so the money's coming back or I'm going to get reimbursed. And they're like, all right, you bought the hardware, ship it off to this PO box so that our security administrators or our IT people can configure it with our work profiles and we'll send it back to you and then you'll get your start date. So now like okay. if you have somebody more security aware, immediately red flag, right? Like, hey, I'm not buying hardware and then just sending it to you. I know yeah. we can do that remotely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I,
1: mean, I laugh. I, I laugh because I, you know, that's, uncomfortable and awkward when you have to tell someone oh you've been scammed that's yeah that's that's a difficult conversation the way you're getting hired into a job that doesn't exist by someone who doesn't work here and oh yeah by the way you're out like 1500 bucks for buying a macbook
2: yeah Um, yeah but thinking about that right like just like it because during uh, so the range of emotions that i went through like when i got laid off i was like uh, at first it was very personal i was like oh why me but I do so much, right? And then it was like, okay, this wasn't personal. And, and I have great respect for my former boss. Love him yeah. to death. And I know the conversation was just as hard for him. Oh we yeah. had the conversation. Oh, yeah.
1: under, it, that, under, the, under that table. Yes. It's never, no matter how many times you do it, it's never
2: a comfort. Never. Yeah. And just him and I talking, it was like, oh, why me? Oh, why now? Oh, why did this have to happen? But I do so much. Are they going to continue? And it was, And then it was like, okay, now I gave myself a couple hours and then it was immediately to the grind, to LinkedIn jobs and everything. And oh, yeah. whenever you have that hyper focus, if you're not security aware, you're not security centric, you're just going to start hitting links and you'd be like, apply it. And naturally the numbers game is going to catch up and mm-hmm. something could potentially happen. They extended services to me of making sure that I had a resume review, that I knew where I was posting that, they were doing job and in HR introductions for me into certain roles. They were putting my resume out securely to other organizations. There there are things that we do secure that have security focus without being like, oh, this is a bad IP, block bad IP. Oh, yeah. this is malware, block malware from executing, like, because Security used to be very rudimentary, and now it's not. There's social engineering, there's social media threats, there's physical infrastructure threats, there's so many different attack vectors that we could talk about. So yes, security has to come first. I know went long-winded, but security has to come first. And I think part of that, you being in the leadership position that you are as a CISO, knowing that layoffs are happening... And knowing that we're having these uncomfortable conversations, how are you able to set the right tone, not just to your team, but as a public leader within the organization? How are you staying level headed? How are you setting the tone and how are you delivering in a way that people are still bought in and want to be a part of that security culture and and how you're trying to shift the mindset?
1: You know, I think it's really important to allow people to feel the way they feel. Like you can't tell someone, you know, oh, you can't feel that way. You're feeling, not one ever says your feelings are invalid. Because if, if someone ever said that to me, I'd be like, are you, like, who are you? So I think like, accepting your feelings, but then also as a people manager accepting that your team is going to feel a certain way. They're going to have that survivor's guilt along with you having it. And staying positive for them can be very difficult. Hey, we just lost 20% of our team, but hey, you're still here. This, everything's awesome. That doesn't work because people see right through that. And you have to say, you know what? Let's have a strategy meeting. Let's get our, who, whoever's left in our function together. That's a decision maker. And let's go through the strategy and then let's present it to everybody else. And get it because if you have a team of 100 people, you're not going to get 100 people on the call, but you're going to get your leaders, your individual contributors that are hitting the grind and are making a difference. You're going to get them together. You're going to go through your strategy, people, process, technology, and you're going to prioritize. And then you go back and you present in a team all hands and say, hey, we're all just as impacted as you are, but we have to continue. And you can say that, obviously put your own words there and say, we've thought about it. We're pivoting and we are doing this instead. And, oh, hey, because the company we've lost X percentage of employees, we can't continue with this top priority objectives have changed and and making sure that everyone is heard and, and can really feel that. It, it, that they're validated in their own way. And that might be someone who's not going to say anything, but they're going to sit in the room. And as long as they're a part of the, the discussion that's around them, they feel included. And, and that's a great way to make sure that people are, are happier. They're not going to be happy, but they're going to be happier than they would be if they didn't feel like they were involved in some of that, that movement and change, change management, organizational management and it can't be obviously enterprise wide, of course, but within your own function, that makes a big difference. And then one thing that I do, and I'm assuming others do as well, is if I get my strategy, I present it to my stakeholders internally, and I make sure, hey, I have this project coming up. I actually need resources from your team. Do you agree that they'll be available to help me with this dependency? I need this me. And if they're not, when's a good time? And that that negotiation, that politics, does come into play, especially after resources are strapped, because my priority is not going to be your priority. And you have to be able to have those conversations or honest and open conversations around that. Yeah. And then being a, an ear for those folks on your team that are comfortable coming to you inventing. venting. I've had so many people, even my friends who have been laid off at other companies coming to me and just... Really venting and saying things that with, with an attitude that I've never heard them have before, and I'm not talking about you at all. You know, like some, <laughs> like, like mild, mannered people, and I'm like, ooh, like this is bringing out a new side of you. It gets me like all excited because I'm like, yeah, oh, you're, you're the passion, the fire is coming out. But people have to have that, and it, it might be a spouse or a partner, a child, a parent, a friend outside of your business who would want to come and talk to you about those things too, because every industry is being impacted right now obviously we're talking about the tech layoffs but it's been across multiple layoffs like for the past multiple industries excuse me for the past like year or so so i think that's important
2: finance health uh, the mortgage industry is getting absolutely decimated at times it seems like um all of those are are key yeah
1: and I think also go back on something you were talking about before as being a CISO on the inside. And when there's a layoff or a riff, or a mass departure for whatever you want to call it, there's always the security risk, right? You're thinking about shutting off access, physical and logical and things like that. But there's also other risk that comes into play. And this is like that GRC hat that I wear, enterprise risk, where I'm like, okay, like market and competition risk. How many of those employees are going to go over to a competitor or... Mm -hmm. If their access isn't shut off, are they downloading something that they shouldn't be downloading to give to a competitor to try to get a financial advantage there and like corporate espionage that you don't really think happens, but definitely does. And then the people risk with the morale. So if someone is really you know distraught over what's happened, whether they're directly or indirectly impacted, do we have the DLP policies in place to make sure that they're not doing something they shouldn't be doing, exfiltrating data or manipulating systems and, and things like that? What about like the system's risk? Are they going to go in and break something on purpose or because they're so distracted because there's so much going on and now they're stressed out making a mistake that then impacts the integrity of the data or the system and then makes it unavailable, which then it's not malicious intent at all, but it's just, there's a lot going on and they're like, Oh and they make a mistake. So I don't just look at it from the security point of view. I'm looking at all these other risk factors that can come out from this one event that you can't predict. And the likelihood is going to change, of course, but it's something that definitely runs through my mind of, of what else could go wrong and how do we prepare for that? Because you can you can cut off someone's system access and physical access, but then they have their device because everyone is mostly remote now. So is that are you able to go into that and wipe it. What's on their desktop? Are you really sure that they can't download something on there? Or could they have found a way around that? And if they have, how do you get it back? There's so many different aspects to it that really can come down to your corporate IP or your customer data, employee data, integrity of systems, and, and things that can really have a knock-on effect because then there's nobody there to monitor it. If it is all being monitored and logged and things like that, there's more to it than just security coming first. Sure. I obviously am of that mind because it's my job, but there is a, it's bigger than a bread basket and there's a lot that is that's out there that should be considered as well.
2: So I think for me, like when you start talking about it, like the other things that I start to think about is like the social media impact, right? Oh. You talk about competitor intelligence. I think of social media activists people that will repeatedly just DOS your company website uh, because they're unhappy with the the state. We've seen it happen a couple of times where organizations after mass layoffs have been, they've had email shut down, they've had their corporate websites taken down, even public defacement in certain cases. So that's immediately where I go, right? Like securing things that you didn't think were a risk previously and the mm-hmm. quick identification of those things after you have a mass exodus of whatever sort, like you start to be presented risk that you might not have highlighted previously. So while layoffs are absolutely terrible, Mm -hmm. they do present organizations, unique perspectives and challenges based on the way that the interactions happen post layoff.
1: Right. And not every company has a social media manager who can go out there and it's like, combing through or a tool that does it for them. Right. And alerts. You can always set up Google alerts, of course, and or insert browser here alerts. But yeah, you're right. Like, it, it's, How do you react to those things? Because, you know, you always see those restaurant ones when people get like a really bad meal and or experience. And now they're bec- it's becoming like an ongoing meme that I'm seeing where like the owners are like firing back. And, and yes. Yeah. Gets- Sassy and I love it. I was a waitress or server, as we call it now, and I worked in retail. So I love that stuff because I've I've lived it, but it's happening to companies, right? It's absolutely happening to companies, and that reputation starts to follow you around.
2: Every person should have to work retail or food. Hot take. I don't care what anyone says.
1: I'll agree. Yeah. I'm not the most, if anyone who's listening knows me, they absolutely know that I am not the most patient person in the world, but working at Certain chain restaurants that family, all in the family type restaurants, right? You learn to be patient. I'm <laughs> working in retail yeah. too, right? Especially during Black Friday. Midnight to 8 a.m. shift at the Runtham Village Premium Outlets in Massachusetts. That was life-changing. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was insane. I mean, this was obviously very way pre-COVID when people were always, the downfall of malls hadn't happened yet. But I know we are quickly coming up on time here, Taylor, and wanted to ask for your input, if you have any hot takes, tips, tricks, whatever you want to call it, on how to handle survivor's guilt or remorse when there's been a layoff that's not directly impacting you, but it's on your peripheral and things like that.
2: Yeah, that is, I think, I don't know that it's really a hot take, but I think that one of the things that we have done. Is we have started to show a lack of empathy. And I think it's due to the overwhelming amount of layoffs that happened in succession. Major organizations within the yes, tech industry announced very major layoffs in succession of each other. And I think that as a society or as a technical community, we became very quickly overwhelmed. And we started to become numb to it, right? I, I see layoff posts. I remember you and I were talking last year when one of the major ones came out and I saw a post and I want to say it had something like 18,000 reactions, right? Like there, it was just out of nowhere. And this person had been with the company, I think like 23 years and they had, had been laid off and there were so many interactions with that post. And I see one the other day from one of my friends, and I even went and checked like connection count. The person last year, they only had 900 connections. which I say only 900, but I think that's a, a different trend that we should talk about. But the person that I, I had seen is actually a visible security practitioner. They had been laid off, thousands of connections on LinkedIn, and on their layoff post that had been up for three or four days, they had... 67 reactions. It's like this person that people know that you've seen on LinkedIn that's produced different types of content that, that yeah. that's out there has so minimal of a reaction to the layoff. But this person a year ago that almost no one knew, like it blew up the entire community. So I think that yeah. the hot take for me is we have to restore the empathy of humanizing the layoff and humanizing the person that was laid off. Be a sounding board for that person. Just because you don't work together doesn't mean that you have to sever all ties. You and I haven't worked together in over a year now. We still talk very often. But being able to just have a conversation with someone, especially if you've been through it before or people that haven't, and you can talk to success stories because the overwhelming burden of how am I going to pay my... How am I going to pay my bills? How, if I have a family, how am I going to support my family? Yeah. Those things
1: health, people, health insurance.
2: I have a whole rant about that. Yeah, um,
1: that is definitely long, a longer conversation for sure. Because
2: um, <laughs> yeah, immediately yeah. following layoff, uh, of course, my son breaks his collarbone. Just my luck. But yeah, just uh, being human and having empathy and, and being a resource or an advocate for that person in a way that they may not have had an avenue of communication or ability to communicate in a way before so that they can grieve through the loss of their position or their job or in worst cases companies are shut down and and they're unable to get severance and things like that humanizing it and letting them feel the things like you talked about earlier like letting your employees feel the things but showing empathy is it's got to. we have to bring that back because empath humans are going to be the keys to success because every great job starts with a person. Every bad job starts with a person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, as hard as it is, try to look for the silver lining and turn it into an opportunity for yourself for growth. Is there something that you're really good at that aligns with the new priority in the company? Or is there a project that you really wanted to get involved in and now there's an opening and try to remember that it, it's an awful situation and no one wants to see it happen to their peers or to anybody, right? Just try to not let it impact you as much, set those boundaries and say, look, like, why did I join this company? What was it about it that made me want to come here? It's a setback, but I'm going to turn this into that silver lining for me and stretch myself and get involved in things that maybe will make you a little bit more visible and get you recognized and or at the very least give you the skill sets that you'll need for a future endeavor. Of course, it's hard. Like I said before, accept your feelings and and management Mm -hmm. should be accepting them as well as a line manager to another line manager. Like your people are going to feel differently per person. Like everyone's their own unique individual. And the empathy thing comes into play for the the employees that are left as well, not just your friends and colleagues that have been let go. And I think that's really important to remember. And I posted recently about being really burnt out, which also comes when there's obviously layoffs because it's same work, less people, and someone actually said to me recently, like that in their phone, they write down three things that was were positive for the day. Not every day, but when they're starting to feel crummy, that's yeah. what they do. And and they they openly said, this is not something that I do consistently. I'll, I do it when I need it, and sometimes I'll do it for a six month stretch. Sometimes I'll just do it once, and I think that's something really important to remember. Is like, what are you grateful for, in and what's a good thing that happens so you're not constantly dwelling on the negative that's around you because it's social media, it's the news, it's layoffs, it's family things and the economy and interest rates. And it just, you see a lot of things right now where it's just a constant bombardment of stimuli that aren't, it's not great, right? I saw something the other day that our generation never expects anything good to happen again. Because it's just because we went through at 11 when we were in high school and in, in junior high and then the market crash in 2008. And then the past few years from the political, no matter what side of the aisle you were on, there's something happening from that perspective. Right. And yes. then now the economy is crashing again and we're starting to bounce back. And then there's all these we had a 20 year war that you went off to. Right. And there's a, wars all around us. So it's constant just negative and trying to think of the positive i think is something that's really important for any situation and and realizing that the survivor's guilt is a natural way to feel when you're a part of a company that's had a layoff try to turn it into a positive and don't let it weigh you down too much because there's nothing you can do nothing you can do about it you were left that's great congratulations don't let that weigh on you and ruin an opportunity for you to learn and grow and stretch yourself.
2: 100%. Uh, it's amazing. And to be honest, I probably would have never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's good to highlight.
1: Yeah, sure. it's tra- trying to be a little bit positive here. <laughs> Mystic or
2: optimistic, whichever one.
1: Yeah.
0: So
2: I know you're on the road. I know we've been long on time. So I hope you have a great time. New York City, no, yes, right? I mean, yeah. Yes. must be nice. Luckily, I'm not traveling until December, so I'm home for a while. But I hope you have a great trip up in New York City, and we will get this episode posted. And you guys will be hearing from us with some special guests very soon. Appreciate everyone listening.
1: Thank you all. Take care.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Locked Down Podcast with Kayla Williams and Taylor Parsons part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSPMagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.